0: Hello there everyone, welcome to TapCalf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast currently live talking about the Corellian trilogy. I'm your host for the week, Corey. Joining me as always is my efficient co-host, Mr. Eckhart's Ladder. Justin, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I think efficient. I feel I feel relatively efficient. How about yourself? uh i was
0: feeling efficient but then i took a nap this afternoon and stayed asleep for like an hour and a half longer than i intended to uh
1: that happened to me last night when i was reading this book (laughs) it was like i i even tweeted that i was reading it and then i was like lying down and i got so cozy and i realized that like i would been staring at the same page for like an hour and just like not even fully asleep just like in half Dream World, it was bizarre. Yeah,
0: I tried to finish it last night and I was just super tired because I'd been up since three or four mm-hmm. and I just ended up rereading the same page three or four times and then I just mm-hmm. I, I put the book down because I couldn't do it. That That isn't me taking a shot at the book. I, I just legitimately was that tired. Yeah,
1: it's, it's not the first time it's happened for me. It won't be the last. It's just the reality of, yeah, just trying to force yourself to read sometimes when you're a bit too tired.
0: Yeah. So is there any news you want to get into before we jump into our talking about the Corellian Trilogy book one by Roger McBride?
1: Um, We had a bit of a Kenobi thing today, not a full uh, trailer, but it was like a leaked version of, I think, the uh, Investor's Day thing from last year. Um, Just did you see it?
0: I saw of it, but I didn't see it because I didn't want to see anything.
1: It's just concept art, so, like, but... Okay,
0: then, yeah, I did see that. I thought there was more
1: to it than that. No, no, it's just concept art and, like, a brief interview with, like, uh, Ewan and Deborah Chow, so... Not much there. Be more tomorrow, for sure.
0: Yeah. We do have a Disney Plus Day coming up, so I'm sure next week we'll talk about it all unless we end up deciding to do something in Mm -hmm. the interim, but... uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know what else we're going to be talking about next week, so... (laughs) if there's enough maybe a whole episode on that would
1: be the right call. That yeah, that could be a good. Well, let's see. Uh, like no one really knows what's going on tomorrow, so my guess is besides for the uh the Obi-Wan thing, I think we'll probably get something for Andor because mm-hmm. that's also supposed to be the show next year alongside Book of Boba Fett which will start this year but on the 29th so it'll be mostly next year. And we've got uh, probably Mandalorian Season 3 and also um, Bad Batch Season 2. I think that's been confirmed as well. Either way, it's probably coming, so it's going to be a very, very busy year. Um, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Rogue Squadron has been pushed back because mm. uh, of Patty Jenkins not being available to film next year. But Yeah, so th- that's what they said. Do you believe that? I do. Like, I think the big problem with a lot of the Star Wars projects with the movies in particular, is that everything they just, they just want to announce as much as possible. Yeah. So even if some ended up dying behind the scenes before ever being announced, it wouldn't come across as as big a deal to some people. We just mm-hmm. hear about it 10 years later and think, Oh, that would have been cool. But instead we had 30 shows in the movie announced last year. Cause it seemed like they wanted to get all this stuff out, even though they were at the same time saying they were going to try to slow down the movies. So mm-hmm. like, I,
1: I I think a good comparison is Charlie when he starts drinking and like he starts practicing or starts promising like all these things on top calf that like never get done or sorry on, uh, on the XB podcast like, Oh yeah, I'll definitely do this. (laughs) It's like the, the Jedi fallen order video. Like if people found out about it, if or when it came
0: out, then fine. But the fact that he's been talking about working on it for the last two years and I don't
1: think he's finished the game yet. It's, there have been whole weeks where I was like, what did you get done this week, Charlie? And he'll be like, oh, I worked on the Jedi Fallen Order video. I don't fucking know where it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I think that tracks. Like She's got a pretty busy career now, mm-hmm. and production schedules have probably been really messed up by the last year alone. So,
1: mm-hmm. I think it is kind of unfortunate. It seems like... Um, Seems like every director that signs on to do a Star Wars movie, or at least many of them, end up putting out a movie that gets poorly, poor critical reviews. Like for her, it was the second Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. People were kind of shitting on. I mean, I didn't see it, so I'm not going to pretend I'm knowledgeable. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone who puts out, who
0: gets announced as being attached to a Star Wars movie so far just doesn't end up putting out a Star Wars movie yet. So. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll that's see. That's another good point.
2: But <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh... So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, I'm sure we'll know t- more tomorrow. Maybe they'll even reveal what's taking the... Because there's also rumors that there's going to be another movie taking the 2023 slot. Whether that's true or not, who knows. Taika's
0: is, is seemingly still going, so whether it ends up being that or something else, maybe just shift some stuff out. Because a lot of them, they were like probably... It's pretty
1: far off, though. Like...
0: Well, they—I don't know that there's anything else that we may or may not know about, because like, you can't really point to anything else as being closer than Tyka's or Rogue Squadron. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. at least we have got lots of shows to look forward to. Do you think there will be anything about video games tomorrow? Because this is the first Star Wars Day or Disney Plus Day or whatever. I guess it is just Disney Plus Day. It's not, yeah, uh, Star Wars particular. So never mind. That's a stupid. Yeah, I stupid guess. Question. I guess
1: not. No, it's not because I, I was kind of. I forgot it is just Disney Plus day. Yeah,
0: because I was gonna say this is the first uh, first one since Lucasfilm Games took over direct licensing rather than it being an EA thing. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's not Star Wars. It's just
1: Disney Plus. So yeah. yeah. Oh well. So no. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, what do you uh, do? You want to get into some Corellian talk, or was there anything else that we should cover for the week? No,
1: I think that's pretty much it. We had, we did have some Halo, a bunch of Halo Infinite stuff today. I guess not really relevant to the podcast, but there was like fifty minutes of new stuff today. So that's probably what I'm gonna sit down and watch after this comes out because I've been so busy today, haven't really got a chance. Mm. Yeah, let's talk uh, campaign
0: stuff, right? Or is it yeah. more IGN people running around like a three year old when you give your little brother little cousin
1: controller well it is campaign stuff but it was done by i think the same woman um and she was like yeah i played on heroic and i really struggled with this part and I was and it's like this is not on heroic like this is like this is like baby shit soft level like, <laughs> like you're getting hit by like a spartan laser and it's like two percent of your health is going down like come on <laughs> but uh it's like it's 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 actually really painful to watch. Um just because like I can't take any comments that someone has seriously about a game when they're that outright bad. Like talking about the the difficulty or the gameplay flow and like I'm watching them and like yeah. it looks like they're playing with their feet. Um like if Charlie does just,
0: a video reviewing Empire War Ground Battles, it's like you yeah, you're not exactly. going to get anything out of that.
1: There was also Gowers Digital, Gowers Soul. GameSpot did one too, um, and theirs was a lot better. But they were even they were still playing on easy mode, so it's like it's kind of hard to take it seriously because it's like it's just not a good reflection of. No one plays Halo on easy. Like even people who aren't good at the game usually play on normal because easy is just so easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. There's like if people
0: do that, no no shade. It's just when you're trying to review like mm. how the how the gameplay actually works, it's not going to give the best indication for the majority of players.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely not one of those uh not one of those difficulty shaming people. Even like games like Dark Souls or whatever where people like yeah. the difficulty like gurus are kind of elitist about it, just like Yeah. For one, like a lot of what I've learned and this is way off topic for the podcast is like a lot of the some of it has to do with like people with disabilities too, mm-hmm. like not just people who for one, it's not everyone has time to practice and play video games but another is like people with disabilities like can't always um play as well because you know sometimes they have to use modified controllers or whatever else or like there's just there's other you know factors so that's another reason why different difficulties should exist or why like games now will go out of their way to like because certain people with certain uh, disabilities may not be able to you know like mash an a button for example um, or may struggle with, like, really quick reaction things for quick time events. So, most good games nowadays are allowing you to kind of tailor it to your experience. Like, I saw the new Forza game. You can basically play in um, in slow motion, which a lot of people are, yeah, really a fan of.
0: Yeah, I I saw a tweet of someone getting really mad about just seeing that accessibility mode exists in a game. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. why would you get mad about that? It doesn't impact what you're playing with if you don't want that. It's to stop.
1: Yeah, uh, like, I remember, I forget who it was, was like, where's your sense of pride in beating the video game? And I was just like... That was, that was when Vegeta did his video game reviews, though. So... Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like, who cares? It's a video game. Like, <laughs> not all of us have time to, like... Not all of us have time to dedicate our lives to something. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well, what were you th- your thoughts on being ambushed at Corellia?
1: I like this book. I thought it was very... This is, like, for me, the quintessential B book, though. Wow, you're just... Um, uh... I'm just going to say my rating right off the bat. This is a okay. quintessential B book. Because there was no point where I wished I was reading something else. But there was also no point where I was like super blown away by what I was reading. I thought all the characters were written pretty well. Uh I thought this is a pretty early book, like in terms of like publishing. This is 94, I think. So there was some like wacky stuff with like the world building, but general I thought it was in general I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um oh yeah, what about you?
0: Yeah, I mostly agree. I don't think I'm gonna put it uh at a B. I might it might end up in a C. But okay. uh but I, I did really enjoy it. I think it it almost, it it captures the feel of like the Star Wars original trilogy adventure stuff in a way Mm -hmm. that's similar to the Thrawn trilogy, but just like that step worse. Mm -hmm. But, and that was the one we did our re-rankings last week for anyone who missed that episode. And we put those at like 6.56, both of us, for uh, the Thrawn trilogy. So when I say it's like a worse version of that, I'm not trying to say that to be like, yeah. Uh shitting on this is just it's it doesn't quite live up to that level. Mm-hmm. Uh but it it does a good job with what it tries to do here. There's a lot of fun character stuff. Especially I really enjoy the Luke and Lando plot as weird as it is. Yeah, me too. And as creepy as it is in some ways. Like there's enough fun interactions between Luke and Lando and they both feel kind of true to their characters. So
1: yeah, like half the book is just Lando like calling women slightly fat and stuff.
0: Yeah, like it, it's not <laughs> great. It's not great, but just the character moments for them are or relatively is a misogynist.
1: Fitting. What? Okay, no, well, okay.
0: especially after reading the Black Fleet Crisis, I don't know if that's skewing my perception of that of those subplots now. After like three books of just dreading going on to the Lando
1: subplot or the Luke subplot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Um, it's silly like it's like it starts off with him traveling through the Coruscant and finding uh, Lando's new what is it what's it called again um, dome city or dome town
0: yeah dome town
1: um, which, which sounds
0: is... like where you go when you're getting cracked with the sniper rifle in Halo
1: yeah or or we're going for for some uh, okay res- well we're business, not but, it's... But, but, family uh, show family show. <laughs> It's not. It's not at all. <laughs> Lando was looking for Dometown all book is the thing. But um <laughs> Uh I wonder if they go back to Dometown at any point. But um <laughs> That's in uh the Lando of Adventures Return to Dometown.
0: <laughs> I think it does actually get mentioned in the
1: NJO. That's where they put the refugees inside Dometown. On the <laughs> on like the freshly manicured lawns and stuff. But um yeah, for me, I think it was like the 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 weakest part was maybe just I I thought, I don't know. How do you feel about like Corellia as a whole? It's portrayal. Um, maybe a bit strange. I, I can't decide.
0: Like the the portrayal of the planet and how it all Yeah, the there? system and yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the the world building on Corellia more than I like the specific plot on Corellia so far. Like, mm-hmm. my my biggest disappointment with the book so far was that I remembered the scene of Han getting his ass beat by the Salonian as being in this yeah, book. I remember that too. Rather than at the start of uh, Assault at Salonia, which I should have realized because that's what it refers to, I'm sure. <laughs> but so It's actually
1: Assault by Salonian? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a typo.
0: Because it does mm-hmm. happen on Corellia, but we're, we're basically opening up with that next time. So mm-hmm. the fact that that all these chapters on Krelia, and that never came up i was disappointed
1: that's why i'm giving this book an f but yeah you were yeah you were you were teased basically by yourself like i like um, the
0: idea of these like formerly integrated worlds that became these imperial rump states that had those tendencies to wanna to separate themselves that just got kind of ramped up and seeing all these different uh, tensions mm-hmm. that arose after the empire but also hearing about how the kind of backwards way the empire cracked down on them like mm-hmm. i think in its broad strokes it works really well with that even mm-hmm. if in some of the specifics it, it ends up being kind of weird like the the archaeology site is kind of fun but
1: just the the fact that i guess the new republic has like installed a governor is yeah. is very strange to me like, especially where so much of the uh, the stuff that would actually come out later um, would be about kind of the New Republic trying to encourage people to join. where it yeah. seems like Corellia just kind of, like, got assimilated or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I wish they had gone into a bit more detail of like how Corellia actually joined which I think does get, mm-hmm. like, fleshed out a bit in uh, source books. But here it is kind mm-hmm. of, it does seem like they just went in installed McCamberlecto who has, like, no business being there, really. Are is Froz in the sector even? I have I don't no think idea. So.
1: Let's see. Yeah, I have no idea. No, it
0: is, it's an outer outlier system world, so he's not okay. entirely separate from it. But I don't know. Like, I, how can you not see it coming that the guy's going to be seen as a as a New Republic stooge and just be used as a flashpoint for? Well, I mean, all they're basically hate?
1: using him as a moth. So, like, I don't know what they're yeah. expecting. Generally, like, they're they're entirely Imperial and Leia's like, we're going to need to invade probably like, what are you talking about? Like, just let them do their own thing. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it does seem like their own thing
0: would have been, uh, the humans winning out and being basically just a mini empire again under Mm -hmm. Sal solo. But
1: yeah. So should we talk about, let's talk about the general premise. Um, so the, Lando is trying to get laid. That's the
0: main premise for the book.
1: Yeah. Lando's trying to get a nut. uh, and, like, Mon Moth intervenes. Lando's had such a dry spell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? So, it starts off... The book kind of paints it as, I think, a more peaceful time than it ends up actually have being. Like, when you take the kind of everything in context. So, this is, what, 18 or 19 uh, ABY? Yeah. So, it's about a year or so after Black Fleet Crisis. Um. And like I said, this was a this was written quite early on in the uh, Star Wars chronology. Um, so I, I, I don't think the author realized how much would kind of be, be pushed in. Like, I think the Black Fleet Crisis came out maybe a few months after this. Um, yeah. So, but it's, it's portrayed as a very peaceful time. Like, Mara basically talks about the Empire being completely gone. Leia talks about, like, the New Republic fleet being mothballed, uh, which again, I don't know, seems a little premature, but... Um, Basically, there's this trip to Corellia that the Solos are doing. And Han is warned by a New Republic intelligence agent uh, that stuff is going down on Corellia. No one really knows because people keep disappearing. Uh, Han and Leia decide it's a good idea to bring their family there regardless. And they go in as kind of a distraction. Well, that's what Han believes anyways. uh, But also to figure out what's going on. And then when they reach Corellia, they find out kind of, the planet's just in turmoil, the whole system's whole sector, I'm sure, is really in turmoil. Um, and shit just gets worse, really.
0: Yeah, so the main three uh powerful species in the Krellian system and the sector are the humans, salonians, and drawl. So like humans and then two different varieties of furries. Uh mm-hmm. you got your tall furries and your your shorter furries. Um uh, mm-hmm. But then there's also other species that live in the Outer Systems, like we just learned the Frogs are one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're all trying to vie for power on these five main Krillian worlds and take over the system. Uh, there's some different combinations and alliances on different planets, so it's all really disorganized. Uh, but we have that is the main... That gets kind of set up in this book, not as much develops with it you kind yeah. of get to a flashpoint at the end where it's all about Race to kick or. off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned an archeology span dig that the solos go with their tutor for the kids
1: to learn about. Yeah. A-
0: apparently the first archeological dig ever on Krellia. Cause no yeah. one gave a fuck before. <laughs> We're
1: too busy like uh, drinking and stuff. Yeah. And then it's a bunch of
0: douches in their proud boy outfits digging up skeletons <laughs> of human Salonians and draw and just like Skilling, piling them up Helter, somewhere Skelter
1: as loud as they can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, yeah, it's not great, but that plot gets more set up here and it kind of mm-hmm. gets, uh, more into the actual developments in the next two books. Uh, then we have the second subplot of, uh, Blando wanting a wife with a lot of money. He takes, he, gets Luke to agree to go with him because Mon Mothma's like, you need to develop some of your other
1: skills. Mon Luke. Mothma basically cucks Luke. Like she just well, she just not cucks, but she just like she just invites him over to insult him.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, well you you keep saying Leia needs to train her Jedi skills, but you're also a shitty politician and you could be a good leader for the New Republic. So mm-hmm. uh who sucks now? And you know what's a good way to help develop your skills? is go with Lando on his whirlwind courting adventures. How she knows about it, I don't
1: know, mm. but... She's been DMing Lando all day. Lando's trying to hit her up. She's so desperate. <laughs> is that why um, she wants
0: Luke to help him?
1: So she's like, please, leave him alone. Please get him off my back. <laughs> but um, it's kind of funny, too, with like the context now that we know that like Mon Mothma was active during the prequel era when the Jedi were around, and like the idea of like a divine Jedi President is completely different than kind of what came before. Yeah. So, that's just kind of maybe funny. don't but, do that. Yeah. I'm looking at the uh the book release order, and it is pretty remarkable how early these came out. So it, it was ninety five, March of 95. The only things that had came out before that were the uh Thrawn trilogy, um, a few of the like uh Jedi Print series, those book, mm-hmm. uh the Jedi Academy trilogy, Crystal Star. Uh, courtship, Intrusive Pokura. That, that was it, really. Yeah. So.
0: I think the author's note, I think this is the one that mentions writing it on the train. Yeah, the uh, author's kind
1: of like low key bragging about everywhere he's been. Yeah. The... But also just how
0: quickly he banged him out. Like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Just to be for the record, this book was written somehow between April 1st, 1994 and September 20th, 1994. It was written yeah. in the following places. Uh Lisbon there's a the lot. train from Lisbon, yeah. etc. There's like yeah, yeah there's a, a bunch of he's
1: globe trotting because he got married at the same time and went on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good like I don't know if I would be bragging about that. <laughs> like <laughs> I I got this done when I was very busy. Like I'll brag about like like knocking out a video in like an hour, but like Lucasfilm doesn't pay me for that unless it's about the high republic. Yeah, then well, you don't get the weekly check. No, not not since I did all the uh, the tracing videos.
0: Mm, that's sad.
1: Yeah, I had, Mickey
0: came to my house and really fucked me up last week too. So, <laughs> we yeah, saw. That's,
1: that's why there's no uh, stream tonight after this because we're all recovering <laughs> from uh, the brutal beatdown we got. Yeah, Charlie got the worst of it. Mm-hmm. I like how. So the book does start
0: with the warning that uh, Kalenda gives Han about going to Corellia and. Uh, Han's like, are you saying uh, would it be dangerous to take my kids to Corellia? And then Kalinda goes into this long spiel about like, oh, well, (laughs) Webster's Dictionary really defines danger as like, could you stub your toe? Sure. Maybe an explosion. But then like everyone stubs their toe sometimes. Like, okay, well, this seems like a not great idea. Maybe I won't take my kids there after their history of getting kidnapped. Just just a thought. Yeah.
1: um, It's like Han's, like, excuse for dragging his kids into, like, a place where, like, nobody's returning from is, like, hey, they gotta experience the world. I don't want my kids to be privileged, but it's, like, there's a difference between, like, maybe taking your kids to, like, see how the moisture farmers on Tatooine live and, like, maybe taking them into, like, an active soon-to-be war zone. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, for one, your kids have been kidnapped, like, a bunch. So, like, and they're about to spend... They're about to go spend all their time on a jungle planet. Like, let's chill out. <laughs> this is the first set
0: of books or set of really anything where Jason, Jaina, and Anakin are mm-hmm. like actual characters rather than just like baby props yeah, I was to be wondering kidnapped.
1: If it was this book that kind of established their character, because we do start to see like the Jason is pretty empathetic and we only get a little bit of it. Jaina's you know, kind of more like Chewbacca and she likes the ship and stuff and Anakin likes computers and he has a kind of savant for fixing things. See, um.
0: I actually felt like they were very different from how they'd be portrayed later. Mm-hmm. Like Anakin ends up having kind of what Jaina's skill set is going to be. Like he was all, he does get remain kind of good with computers and stuff. But here he's like the tech one, which is usually Jaina. She gets that in the piloting. And Jason was like mostly a dick, which is his skill set much later on. But he doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to have as much of the empathy as he would later. Uh,
1: I guess there were a few times where like Jaina was described as like off with Chewbacca. Um, But yeah, I guess you're right. Her, I guess, I can't, to be honest, I don't really remember how much of that Anakin gets later on. Um, He's usually more, uh, I want to just fight people. Mm hmm.
0: But here he's described as like just the weird younger brother who's good at everything. And Jane and Jason don't really have that many skills of their own. Their skills seem to be more like Anakin manipulator. Mm hmm. But I did think it was yeah. kind of weird the way they'd speak to because they're the twins are nine and Anakin seven. So there's not a huge gap there. But no. the twins end up talking like they're like adults in the words they use and anakin just seems like i would have believed he was three from how he's written
1: it's weird there's some times where i agree like when when he sees luke he like goes to full like child mode yeah um there are other times when uh like he's kind of normal but yeah it's it's really bizarre it's like sometimes i feel like star wars authors do not know how to write women and children (laughs) yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Like mother, I, mean, I think can't remember if it was Mother Leia who got a bit of a awkward uh, right, but yeah, not the first time. Yeah, yeah. It won't be the last. Mm-hmm. No, of course not. Um, just looking at my notes here. Yeah, I actually enjoyed the. Uh, I for one, I like the sequence where the uh, the agent is like crashing. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, because basically the agent who warns Han early also gets inserted into Corellia, and she gets shot down and there's kind of a cool bit of her like surviving and she crosses her ship it's a very long sequence actually um and eventually she kind of like sets up in a apartment where Leia is Leia by the way doesn't have any escort um she's by herself like I don't care like if if you're the president of the galaxy <laughs> yeah like at least take your Nogri with you. I um, guess she probably didn't have the Nogri guard established at this point in the, uh, the lore, but I mean, I wish she would have had it in the lore, but not in a prior chron- uh, chronologically released book. But, um, but yeah, like I did, j- that was the part that was a bit hardest for me to believe. Like, and that's kind of one problem that Leia has a lot um, where, she, like, the author's trying to give it to her both ways where she still goes on these small-scale adventures but is also the president. Yeah. Or the chief of state. It's just, it's, like, it's not necessarily believable. Like, I think the Thrawn trilogy actually handles, I believe it's the Thrawn trilogy, she's not even chief of state at that point, handles it quite well where, like, she's got Rogue Squadron escorting her at some point. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense.
0: Um Well, here yeah. we do start, like, when they're on the way to Crelia. they at least try to give the Falcon an E-test and a safety test, but on mm-hmm. head. uh, made Lando fake that for him as they didn't want the Krellians to know that the Falcon still had all these extra
1: capabilities,
0: but at at least they're
1: checking. Yeah. It's also kind of funny too, because I can't remember which book it was, but just a couple of books ago, the Falcon was completely rebuilt by the new Republic. Remember that?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Well, Chewie's family
0: does it in black fleet crisis and then it's also rebuilt. Like the new Republic basically
1: completely rebuilds it. Um, yeah. I did. I thought the shield test was kind of clever. Um, basically, they turn the shields on, and you set the ship down on the shields, like to see if, it, if to see if the shields can support it. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of a neat idea. Something I could see, you know, but actually happen. Shield, shields
0: can't stop physical stuff, though. Oh, really? The ground. That's why you can never have shields that uh, that stop proton or to be and what's the point of having them?
1: Yeah, I I put in a video today about like the Death Star and like the shields of the Death Star and all the comments were like, uh, the Death Star has shields. That's why that's what they talk about when they're flying the X-Wings through it. I'm like, they're flying X-Wings through it. Like, it, what are you talking about? Like, it has little shields across the surface, but like, it's different. Um, shields work however they need to work for
0: the plot point in question. That's the that's basically how it goes.
1: I actually do think, though, that Return of the Jedi gives us the strongest evidence of shields actually doing something to projectiles because they yeah. they have to pull up as they're approaching the Death Star. Well, I like think the this does
0: here as well. Like, yeah, the shield's still up. We got to oh go no, back. yeah.
1: But I mean, for I mean, for a movie though, yeah,
0: resting yeah. the ship. On, well, also uh, when they're uh, when Anakin and Obi Wan are flying into the invisible hand, and Obi Wan says. Have you noticed the shields are still up? Not, hey, that's cool. The shields are still up. Anyway, let's keep going.
1: Yeah. So. I I don't know. Like when I've been reading the books, I expected a bit more, um, a bit more kind of back and forth on the shielding issue, but I noticed it's actually been a lot more consistent than I figured about kind of how shields work, particles and energy not being able to pass through. Um, So that was good. Uh, just generally but well the split yeah,
0: between it... particle and ray shielding is the one that's less consistent where like source books tend to say it's different types of shielding that are stopping them both mm-hmm. most books will usually just treat it as one thing like yeah. rogue squadron has a lot of we're shooting all of our projectiles at this one place on the shield mm-hmm. then that'll be able to like blow up the shield in that one place and you go through and go yeah. from there but
1: yeah yeah totally But that scene in Return of the Jedi is the only one in the movies I can really think of where it's like there's a reason to believe. The Last Jedi is the worst in the other way where you see them shoot through the shields and then they fly right through. Mm -hmm. Um, Kylo doesn't his TIE fighter. Did you
0: get anything from uh, the Republic Imperial War when they're coming into the Corellian system and talking about how there's so much debris pretty much all over the galaxy from the huge Republic Imperial War? that uh, was basically assumed to be what kind of came in or came out of the Clone
1: Wars at the time. No, I didn't pick up on that. I read it. I thought they just meant like the the Dark Empire stuff and the Thrawn campaign. I didn't, I didn't realize that was meant to be that Republic because there's a few times that they use Republic kind of interchangeably with New Republic. Yeah, they've, they mention
0: uh, the Rebel Empire War in other places. Uh, and there are a lot of like Bantam books, the earlier Bantam books that talk about like the Republic fighting the empire and that leading into the empire and being like a slower mm-hmm. transition rather than the Republic becoming the empire immediately.
1: Yeah. So
0: I think that's you know, what I'd... they mean there. Maybe I, they I do. Think mean. Probably, empire, I, think, but...
1: I think you're probably right. Um, but no, I didn't pick up on that. There, there is some other inconsistency as well, though, where it talks about like Han being born under the empire was one thing I noticed. Um, because like when they're talking about how so the idea is after the empire fell they're kind of the one force stopping everyone from like beating up on each other um and han is kind of it's kind of said that han was born within the empire so yeah yeah obviously
3: that's doesn't work with the timeline yeah cuz i think they talk about uh was it? Do I have the right page?
0: Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't give the timeline for this. But one grim legacy of the Republic Imperial Day or uh, Corellia skies were just as full of junk as most places these days. Most star systems were cleared with shot up spacecraft of one sort or another. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Especially with how isolated Corellia was supposed to have been, I don't. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make as much sense to me that that would be a reference to uh, the Dark Empire period.
1: Yeah, they don't really talk about there being any fighting over Corellia, so I think you're probably right.
0: Because that would probably come up in their discussion of, like, uh, who was in charge when.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it seems like Corellia kind of got out the end of the war pretty painless, it seems like. Yeah, like, the the X-Wing books are a bit
0: more explicit on, like republic fighting the empire and i think thrawn trilogy does it as well
1: mm-hmm. but yeah i'm trying to think of some yeah thrawn trilogy does a bit with like the i don't know if they mentioned they go big into like the clone masters and stuff i don't yeah. know if they mention the republic especially but maybe just trying to think if there's anything else about like the actual plot i want to discuss um i like seeing so corelli is kind of went into a really big economic downturn, partially because they've kind of went totally inward facing after the war. Um, so like nobody's coming in, they become kind of openly xenophobic. So Hans, Hans not been to Corellia for a, for a long time, long enough that all of his old warrants have expired, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> um, And yeah, it's just like everything that he remembered from his uh, childhood has just gone to shit, which is very sad.
0: Yeah. Hill Hall is mentioning uh, that Anakin's behavior might be a representation of Asperger's, which I actually I kind of started thinking that at first, but then Jaina and Jason speaking mm-hmm. like thirty to forty year olds made me lean more towards the possibility that the author just doesn't have a great grasp on like. I feel like he might have written ages. this in
1: three months, maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. I think that might be what he was going for, but I like just yeah, I the. I I think he might just also consider the age of eight to be a huge cutoff point in
1: mm-hmm. development. I never I, really got they mentioned Ghent as well. I never really got the Asperger's feeling from Ghent either. I kind of just to me he was more written like a just a like a nerd, I guess. Yeah, like because yeah, Ron in the, the
0: new trilogy is kind of like the first one where it's been. A lot more clear on author intent there, mm-hmm. but it could be the case here as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely could be. Um, I I like kind of um tech, technological savant Anakin. I think he's fun. I like the part where he's like, you got to hold this for like three. I forget what word to use. Isn't like what glurkins the hell is that? Yeah, three. He's like, hold this. You got to put your finger here for three glurkins. They're like, what's that? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he's just like learning it just through intuition and the forest which i thought was kind of cool there was another Mm -hmm. uh sorry no no go ahead Uh,
0: i was gonna go to something else but uh another kind of 90s thing and probably not like this usage of it was probably already on its way out by the 90s but uh there were multiple mentions of preventing hanky panky uh which to me reads as purely sexual but in and yeah. here it's it's just like just funny trouble business. or anything, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. when like Lando says that Luke is along to prevent any hanky panky with
1: his. What, you, shouldn't beard, he like... be encouraging? That? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, what Lando's yeah. looking for. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about the uh, the sex witch yet. Or we the, haven't. Uh, we haven't. I, I, I figured figure we go like through a all vampire. Of... Yeah. So he meets so Lando on his adventure. He really he meets I guess three women. Really, just two. The first is a sex, which I kind of felt like she's she, like, I remember re, she was one part of this book that I like very clearly remembered, mm-hmm. but, um, she's not really like evil or anything. No. Um, uh, like, which is something that I, I forgot. Basically she like kind of, she steals, but gives life force at the same time. So you go to her and basically she gives you a few good years of life. Um, and then it sounds like she kind of just consumes your life force. Um, mm-hmm and but like for lando that's bad because he's got a lot more than five years left but she kind yeah. of talks about how most of her husbands she's at over 50 are like or she's Lando would have been her 50th are kind of just like people who are sick or whatever yeah um so i totally misremember that i just remembered her being a vampire yeah so so
0: 3po calls her a, a life witch and mm-hmm. she prefers the term life bearer because uh it sounds less evil. I was actually working mm-hmm. on a video about this, but then I scrapped it. I might redo it better. was just not I very figure much. out Yeah. I was trying yeah. to find a way to frame it that wasn't just reading that paragraph. But because there were a few things that were kind of unclear with this because the elements of it that are just tradition versus the elements that are like a direct magic. necessary part of their magic because like otherwise it's a very yeah. specific contractual magic or and like they could use it in these other ways. But she talks about how the life bearers only do it. With uh, uh, it this kind of partnership wifey mm-hmm. way, like, is it necessary after you do the blood kiss to live in a domestic situation with that person? Because she makes it sound like there's all these other things necessary. It was like, no, are you just yeah making yourself be a enforced or, housewife for this?
1: Yeah, or like, is the blood kiss like actually like magic, or is that just their way of getting consent? Like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could could she have done it even if she even without the blood thing, or is it like, you
0: know? Yeah. Like the, these are questions that need to. Ha- Can it only happen between her and like other male humans? Can it happen if in a same-sex
1: partnership? Ch- Charlie's last hope to save his butthole. <laughs> God rest his soul. God rest his soul. <laughs> um. He's but, gonna have Crohn's or something, we're gonna feel so bad for yeah. making fun of him.
0: <laughs> but uh, the I do think if this is like a an am I the asshole post, I think she does get a soft you're the asshole here because she should never just assume that people know she's a, a life bearer. She should have mm-hmm. made that explicitly clear and not been like, Oh well this is not what I usually do, but let's go get married immediately anyways. You gotta say, Oh, just to be clear, you are aware that you're dead in five years, right? And
1: yeah, now I'm kind of like wondering a bit, like, why would she rush it so much? Is it because she thought he was sick or something? Because she really tries to rush him through the procedure. But she also I, doesn't try to like be secretive about it when she's no. confronted. So
0: Well, she has to she has to find another partner before she dies. So like she can mm-hmm. only exist in this housewife form. And that's why I'm kind of wondering, is this something that she's choosing to do in that form? Or does she just, like, if she wants to exist, have to be in this housewife situation for Mm -hmm. the rest of eternity, which would kind of suck.
1: Not great. Doesn't Luke also wonder whether she's a normal human or not? Um, Because she's not clearly an alien. Um, Yeah. Well, it's a genetic
0: anomaly, I think, is basically the way it's brought up. mm -hmm. A genetic anomaly on uh, Curiel Arsul... Luria Kersil? something like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Because totally, like it's not, not a... Got, like, a name. Um
0: Yeah, uh Kiriaven
1: All the planets in this were written to be very earth like. Like they even drive cars for most of uh like wheeled vehicles for a lot of it, which I yeah. thought was kind of funny. A ground car or have a car? I like when they use truck in like like an X Wing when it's whenever it's like a well they even use truck sometimes for like hover vehicles but i just find that funny it's, just, it's like the star wars truck
0: yeah like what do you want it's got a box it moves <laughs> it's a truck
1: yeah because it's the future doesn't mean you don't still need trucks exactly built for tough yeah um, so
0: lando in his uh in his top list of hundreds of candidates i think he's made a list of 200 and he's hoping to just mm-hmm. maybe have to visit 10 he got luke to agree to five Mm-hmm. Uh, the one after the life bear they go to is someone who got married already. It was like, ooh, yeah, awkward.
1: Lando well, doesn't even send them like a DM to let them know, like, like text yeah. me or something.
0: Yeah, the well, when they're going to see Tendra, Luke's like, hey, have you considered calling ahead? And Lando's and like, excuse me, <laughs> what? Yeah, I do like when it mentions just how expensive the calling over the hollow net is mm-hmm. and all these other reasons that most of the galaxy probably never interacts with another planet despite living in star wars. Yeah. It's
1: kind of a, kind of a mundane existence for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. They don't have their own millennium Falcon. It's all the 1% no. that gets to travel in space.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of like, we kind of had the discussion about that for black fleet crisis where it's like, so they spent so much time just like sitting like in like space waiting to go to the planet and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not ideal, no, not ideal at all. Um, Holo, Holo so, yeah.
0: communication still sucks, and they go in even more on how it sucks in uh, NJO. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not that reliable.
1: Yeah, especially because in NJO, in isn't it like, especially like in the kind of outer rim and like yeah, well, disconnect. even uh,
0: even in core planets, they kind of lose touch after the Vong take Coruscant because they're mm-hmm. relying on specific holonet relays. So then Han and Leia's mm-hmm. job is to go around and. Try to find ways to contact different factions. Like mm-hmm. the Yavithans and the C Ruby. All the <laughs> all their old friends.
1: All the fun. Yeah, the fun ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. And, I mean, I, I like that part about the High Republic too, where it's like they're trying to build a kind of a hollow net or hypernet relay to uh yeah. connect the galaxy. I thought it made sense.
3: Yeah. Yep. Uh yeah.
0: I do think it's a little weird that uh, it the book kind of goes out of its way to talk about Tendra as if like her and Lando have this diff- very different connection from anything he's experienced before and is purely shallow, uh, yeah. sex adventures, and it's like Tendra is not the most
1: conventionally attractive person that Lando had ever seen. Uh, well, like it spends like the paragraph before that talking about how like. She is attractive by all measures other than being like slightly chunky.
0: Yeah. It's not
1: written great, but then like,
0: uh, even the elements of her, like there's a picture from the Corellian trilogy where she looks like just kind of normal, but then Mm -hmm. the one from the essential readers Uh, companion is like
1: everything they're describing. She isn't. Yeah. She looks like she could be on like housewives of the Corellian system or something. Yeah. Oh my god, the picture of her from some source book, I assume. Oh, Kraken's threat dossier. Yeah, like she he, you thought they did the uh, you thought they did the endurance class pad. <laughs> She's wearing jeans under a fucking I don't even know. She's got shoulder pads on. She's got the same hair that like they give all those source books give every woman who yeah. wasn't like you're either like conventionally attractive with long hair or like you got them. The Arisi Dalarit haircut. Yeah, (laughs) I was gonna say. Just copy pasted from the comic.
0: Oh, shit. I don't understand why there's so much, such an inclination to give people pauldrons in like just random Mm. outfits in almost Mm. every
1: sci fi. What are they for? They don't do anything. I mean, to be fair, like shoulder pads were, you know, kind of big. In the '80s and '90s, so
0: not that Even, big.
1: Well, not that big. They weren't actually like pauldrons, but yeah, like not what? literally that
0: big. I don't, I don't mean like fashionable. Yeah, no. I mean literally no, I the size, the size on them. It makes going yeah. through doorways a can hassle. Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's just it's it's a mystery, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. We
1: uh, do get. Say... Oh, go ahead. oh, sorry. I was just gonna say how I was disappointed when I saw Solo and they didn't. I thought they might throw in a reference to the uh the other Corellian species in Solo a Star Wars story or whatever it was called.
0: Yeah, I think there's uh, budget concerns and you can just ration it away as like uh that you see the Imperial recruiting posts. So mm-hmm. No, all, aliens all humans there. Buddy. There yeah. you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Maybe some, but like
0: we haven't even gotten a live action Bothan yet. So the chances of getting a live action—that's so true.
1: We haven't even gotten an animated Bothan, I don't think, have we? Uh We have. I think there were some in the Clone Wars. Really? Uh... I don't think so. Maybe though.
0: There had I. There had to be a Bothan in some animated thing, wasn't there?
1: No, because they just went to canon, and there's no canon mm. depiction of a Bothan. So. There's one that
0: like might be one from Resistance. Uh oh, but... yeah, I remember
1: that. you follow oh. that guy on Twitter? Is it a Bothan or whatever his name is? No. What's his name? Is it a Bothan in Twitter? I could have swore there was one in Clone Wars, but apparently not. Hey, it's just it's just called Is It a Bothan. Uh helping Star Wars fans determine whether or not a character is a Bothan. <laughs> Many died. So like people will just tweet him pictures of Bothans or like. Not boethans. Usually creatures that look like boethans, and he'll say yes or no. It's a <laughs> one of my favorite uh kind of Star Wars niche Twitter accounts. Okay, yeah. that that's a thing that exists, I guess. You should actually. I'm reading through his tweets. They're they're pretty goddamn funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll oh yeah, that. he's got the one from Resistance. What's his, what's so, his verdict? He it's he wrote in quotes, stop crying. It's just a TV show. So I'm assuming he thinks it's a Bothan and it does. It does look like a Bothan to me. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe in uh, one of the (laughs) many upcoming shows, we'll get one.
1: Did you ever see the, uh, I think we might've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm going to link this to you on Facebook. Okay. The, uh, the weird human Bothans that they went with for a while. Yeah. Put it in
3: x2 facebook chat all right let's
0: see what do we got here it is a oh yeah fuck yeah that was (laughs) that was awful the ones look almost like fawns from fucking chronicles of narnia Mm -hmm.
1: yep yeah and they've got little like i don't know is, is it that was an eyebrows or does he have like a little i don't know it's just it's uh it's they're strange. It's not good. It's not so
0: good. Bothans are all just video games now. Mm-hmm. Got them in Tor, Empire at War, a few other places. But no TV shows, no live-action movies, no animated anything. This is, this is terrible. I don't understand how it could happen.
1: It's strange, too, because, you know, they get outright mentioned. So, yeah. I don't know. You'd think
0: if they can come up with a backstory for literally every character in the gut in the cantina in episode four, you'd mm-hmm. think they'd throw in a, a in, in something, but
3: yeah, apparently not. guess not.
1: Guess not. All right. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Oh, the only thing I wanted to mention is so in this one, we get lots of allusions to center point station, but it's always just kind of glossed over. Yeah. Um, which I thought was interesting. So like they talk about center point station existing, but nothing else. They don't even say what it is. They just will mention Centerpoint Station.
0: Yeah, I, it obviously plays a bigger role later. But for some reason, I remembered the uh, them finding the underground control room in the archaeological mm. dig. I remember that as being on Centerpoint Station for some reason. I think I might so be getting I. it. I think it might be because of the Legacy of the Force stuff where Jason and Ben are infiltrating Centerpoint. You get some kind yeah. of similar vibes from it. Especially do they with the... I like I don't remember in this I'm pretty sure they yeah. do but like now okay. it's oh, yeah, like yeah. now I I I don't trust any of my memories of it because there was no on getting his ass beat
1: by an otter or mm-hmm. center point in this one so see I didn't even remember that otter bit until you mentioned it like the only thing funny enough one that I did remember really really liking their teacher um Yeah Ibrahim Ebrahim and his droid. Like that those are characters I completely forgot about until I started reading it and I was like, "Oh yeah, these guys are in the story." Yeah. I really like them. They're cool.
0: Yeah. He he just takes over that uh the meeting with Leia to or the interview with Leia. He's like, "I'm going to teach your kids. It's going to be great." And then like, they why go to the first your kids want to
1: learn under me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then they go on the first field trip and Leia's like, hey,
1: "Did you just do this as an excuse to go yourself?" Maybe yeah. I did. <laughs> What of course i did me? and the droids like also running security for them at the same time and like not telling anybody it's kind of epic
0: i did really like the line of like is the pay adequate and she's like well i guess it's adequate but i'd be an idiot if i turned <laughs> wanna, down more if you're you offering
1: yeah like you read it expecting him to be like oh, i do this purely for the f- purely to teach the next generation he's like Well, give me more money shit i ain't gonna say no <laughs> It's like such a Leia thing, too. They get there and she's immediately trying to pawn off her kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, just teach them yourself for two weeks. Well,
0: she doesn't know anything about the planet. If yeah. only she had, like, someone else yeah, that was closely related had... to
1: the to the
0: kids who could talk about the planet some more. <laughs> but we'll never know.
1: If only there was some local guide who could help them, but...
0: Yeah. I mean, the places Han would know. Probably not the most child-friendly, so... Yeah. Kids, we're going to we another casino, bar, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: daddy's gonna win big tonight.
1: <laughs> Great stuff!
0: We do get the first introduction of Thraken Sal Solo here at the end mm-hmm. as well. He's gonna be a perennial villain leading like every shitty faction for the rest of forever. Like, he yeah, got the Uncle human Hunt league here,
1: straight up assassinates him. It's sick, <laughs> he
0: deserves it, he does 100%. He runs the Human like, League here. He runs the Diversity and... Alliance, or not the Diversity Alliance, the uh, uh, the Peace Brigade and the NJO. He mm-hmm. runs the Confederacy in uh, Second Galactic Civil War. Like, every fucking time. He just
1: keeps getting away with it. Dude, I got bricked up when he gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, I'm pretty sure that's after he had just tried to kill... Um one of the solo kids i was thinking too i was like because uh there's one point where they're talking about Chewie's life debt and how it extends to the kids i was like oh, man i wonder how Chewie's. i don't remember what Chewie does when like they got it they have to kill jason i was like oh right, right he's gone <laughs> yeah yeah yep.
0: leia does uh worry a lot about like her kids growing up yeah teaching them, like <laughs> got some bad like, news for you <laughs> yeah Sith Lord, sort of Dark Side for a while, but Jaina mostly turns out fine. Although she does start the next Empire with her husband and Anakin. It's gonna go, go way 14. worse than you think. Yeah, you <laughs> your are are worrying
1: enough. <laughs> Maybe stop Jason from torturing those animals or something. It's like we caught Jason dissecting a Porg. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it.
0: What I really don't understand is how anyone would fall for Thraken leading the the uh, Peace Brigade in the NJO. It's like. Uh, the most racist man you know is suddenly trying to say that they should be working with the the invading mm-hmm. aliens. Like no one's gonna believe that, and yet they do. Well, doesn't doesn't he become diktat later? He becomes diktat in this and then he re himself after. So he's uh, the one that fires
1: center point, right? Yeah. and yeah. He
0: redictats himself after coming out of jail the first time. Mm-hmm. And then he's not allowed to do anything else. After. Maybe put him in
1: jail for longer. I don't know. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he does it. He does this a lot.
0: And always with center point too. Like he doesn't change his playbook at all. He mm-hmm. just keeps doing the same shit. And yeah. Yeah. Not an original thinker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But no one stops. So like, maybe I shouldn't say that because literally no one ever stops him until after he's already done a lot of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So you know what? It's working for you, fucking congratulations.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he gets to be evil for a long time. He's just completely self-serving, doesn't give a shit, just does whatever he wants. So, yeah. Good shit. <laughs> uh anything else you want to mention about this book? I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh I thought it was pretty well written for a Bantam era book. It didn't have like too many too much weirdness. Um yeah, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it, too. You already gave your four. I think I already implied a three. Or, sorry, you gave B, I gave a C. We do have the Mm -hmm. rankings listed in the spreadsheet linked in the description. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the show notes, if you're listening to the audio version. I'm apparently, so, it doesn't, like, right now, I'm obviously being harder on this than you are based on that letter. But, like, generally, Mm -hmm. I think I come across as more positive on some of the books than you. Yeah, but, I thought so as well. But my rankings are on average a bit lower than yours. Mhm. Like you have a lot more Bs than I do. I have like one more A than you, but more Cs,
1: more yeah. Ds, same amount of Fs. But Yeah, I was surprised cuz for me, I would have guessed that you had more highly ranked ones and more low ranked ones and I kind of was more in the middle, but it turns out that you you don't rate that many I think you did before we changed them, but yeah, it seems like you're just harsh with me. Yeah, I'm a dick. Yeah. What can we say, folks? I knew it. I was just, yeah, I just didn't want to say it out loud.
0: I burned my copies of all the books that get lower than a C after the podcast, which is really awkward when we re-rank them and I bring it up a little bit and I have to buy a new one.
1: Man, I was looking for uh, I was looking for this book, and I, I don't have it here. It Must be at my house. But I have two copies of Friggin' Assault on Salonia. So I had to read this one on my Kindle, which is not a bad way to read it. But when I was
0: uh, looking for all the used copies of the books over the last two years, like right up till when COVID really mm-hmm. hit, I mm-hmm. I went to like every used bookstore in Ottawa a few times and there were just so many copies of pretty much every book that's the middle of a trilogy. So it was dark Mm -hmm. force rising everywhere, assault at Salonia everywhere. And like, there were so many copies of assault at Salonia at two or three of the stores. I don't know. Probably why I have two of them. (laughs) How many there. Yeah. I don't know how they all got there.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's like, yeah, there were apparently a lot of people who wanted to buy the other two, but not that one.
1: This book's going to be really disappointing, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I did really Um... enjoy it. Uh, I think it's good stuff. I think we're getting into more of the actual plot development in the next ones, but the mm-hmm. setup was good. The character yeah, sure. moments were fun. Q9's a good character that we haven't named explicitly yet, but...
1: Yeah, he's he's really fun. He's like sassy R2D2. Yeah. And he's like a droid. He's like me if I were a droid. Anytime like, a new graphics card comes out, he wants to install it into himself. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, if like if you, I think anyone who's a droid would want to, you know, not have shitty parts. And he's like, yeah. he's like, you could, they'll like ask, they'll ask his owner things about him. And he's like, bitch, I'm right here. Yeah. Like, talk, talk, look me in the eyes and ask me the question. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he probably would have joined IG 88's rebellion after this kind of treatment.
1: Big time. Although he does like to serve, so. That's true. Well, he, he just yeah. wants to be treated with respect. Yeah. Which, you know, fair enough. He deserves it. He does. He's, he's great. Very, he's very, very useful.
0: All right. So, we had a couple emails. You didn't emails give your actual
1: rating, though. You didn't give your actual rating.
0: I, 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 said, I said C. You're going C? Okay. Yeah. That puts me Ooh. at one more C than you. I win. Mm-hmm. So, slightly below average. No, C is average.
1: Is C is C what we went with the average. Okay, C is like average.
0: This. Like A B C D F are the main okay. ones. And then S yeah, was yeah, only like is, I'm
1: going to give this one a C too then. That's my okay. mistake. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought Every we two. were yeah. Okay. I'll give this one a C as well.
0: Like technically it's not the middle rank. Like C or B would both be middle, but like S was yeah, reserved for S. Like I super forgot. Good.
1: That's why I was confused. Okay. okay. This will be a C for me then.
0: Then we're everything's back balanced. We have exactly the same number of Cs.
1: See, mm. he's get
3: degrees, and how? All right.
0: Uh, so, shall we tackle a few questions
1: then? We do have story?
0: we do have a good number of emails to get through.
1: Just pull this up. So, we got one during the show. This was from. Where is it? Did we did we go? Oh yeah, it says Mickey here. He says. Hee-ha-ho, you better buff Starhawk and put it in the main mod or I'll break your kneecaps. So that was from Mickey. Thank you very right. much. Uh, what was the first one? I think, was it Clams maybe? The last uh, no, one? it was
0: uh, Joel's from the ranking episode. Okay. So Joel is asking, uh, do you think overall that Star Wars is going for more of a fantasy-like direction in its storytelling net and that nowadays, or do you think certain types of stories will just be off limits or not attempted in terms of the types of universe Star Wars trying to make under Disney? For example, would something like an alien threat invading the galaxy like the Vong did in NJO be a story told these days? Or do you think something like NJO is going to be simply a product of its time and not replicated?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't see why there's any reason that, you know, I, I don't really think they're limiting stuff like that. I think the main reason why an NGO type story wouldn't get put out is because they're limiting the scale right now. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's like because of the genre or anything.
0: Yeah. Like I think uh, we've seen a few places where there have been a more definite like fantasy bent as far as the genre goes, but we've seen a a good variety outside of that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially with like vision style stuff, they seem to be pretty open to a, a wider variety of Uh, approaches to what's going on they're like the tone in the high republic versus the tone in uh alphabet squadron is super different so like there's more of a fantasy style on one end versus a sci-fi or drama style on the other so i I don't think uh genre is a place that'd be limited very much i also don't Mm -hmm. think the like uh, an extra galactic invasion would be off limits or a bigger project like that would be off limits you have that a little bit with uh How the Nihil and Drengir are represented in the High Republic, Uh, even though it's not like the main focus is like, how are we going to deal with this threat from outside the galaxy? You can Mm -hmm. definitely get another thing like that. They do seem to want to have these bigger projects with multiple authors on it, which is kind of the thing that defines the NJO. So Mm -hmm. I think we could easily see another thing like that after the High Republic's out and maybe especially after they go into more post Rise of Skywalker era
1: things. Yep, I agree uh so next up we have mr clam who sent us a jedi luke and calista fan page oh my god okay i gotta check this out i don't know why i'm pulling this oh, up on my phone
0: oh my goodness welcome to the jedi soulmates page jedi Callie's tribute to luke skywalker and Callista ming oh my
1: goodness guys um. make sure you go check this out yourself it's uh Jedi Cali K or sorry C A L L I E dot tripod dot com. If you look up Jedi Soulmates, it'll probably come up as well. This is there's a fan fiction page. What year is this? Okay. Visitor number uh five thousand
0: twenty six since October twentieth, ten ninety nine. Or nineteen ninety nine, uh, not we gotta, we
1: gotta get those numbers up,
0: baby. Yeah. So we'll keep a we'll keep an eye on this throughout the month, maybe. We'll do a, a Jedi Cali update.
1: Yeah, although that's it's kind of like this thing where it's so beautiful that like and it's so it's preserved in a way. Um that I will be a bit sad if like it somehow blew up, but
0: Yeah, I'd also be sad if anyone went there with the intention of like harassing this person. Oh yeah. So please, do please don't fucking do that. Yeah. Just go appreciate it for what it is, take only pictures, leave only cookies. Leave
1: only... <laughs> Leave only cookies.
0: I guess it's take only well, cookies. Take, leave yeah. only,
1: <laughs> leave only good
0: vibes. Leave only a visitor count ticker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this is great stuff. And she's got... Oh, there's a mailing list. Oh my goodness. This is good stuff. Let me check the guest book. Oh, it's not public. There's also... Oh, fan fiction.
0: Okay, leave only guest book entries saying nice things in that TabCaf sent
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, Planned of Twilight is the last Star Wars book in which Callista appears. Hopefully, this will change in the future. Smile Ooh, I don't know if you want to read where she does. <laughs> yeah. Things do not go uphill for old Calista. Sure. Imagine the writer of this page reading that and just ugly crying in The, <laughs> the Jedi. Oh no. Uh, want to have Barbara Hamley write for the new Jedi Order series published by Del Rey? Let Del Rey know. <laughs> She's trying to have an email campaign so Barbara, Barbara Hamley will write a, an NJO novel. <laughs> I never heard yeah. of K- Callie as a, a nickname for Callista. Does Luke use that? I can't remember.
0: I don't think anyone does. No.
1: Yeah. She also got like a Mark Hamill fan page as well, which is fun. Which has more views. 21,000. This is good stuff. Very good <laughs> stuff. All right. All right. Well thank, thank you, you, Clam. Yeah. Please no one go and be mean to the like I mean to be fair, I doubt that AOL account is still uh It's probably not, way. but
0: you never know. The internet finds the internet always finds a way to harass
1: someone. Yeah. Um Our oh, next email up from HelloFresh. Well less interesting. This one from uh Chris who says one Star Wars plot point I could never come close to comprehending is that of uh hyperspace lane taxation. Uh, the closest image that comes to mind is colonial uh, mercantilism, but I don't see how it's possible for any nation to tax a hyperspace lane, considering lanes exist outside of normal space, and the whole point is that you travel along stars and planets. Do groups like Republic just set up multiple interdictors and four ships coming out of hyperspace to tax like a space tollway? How does that work? I kind of figured it. I'm I'm pretty sure that question is answered in Plagueis um, when they talk about like how it's kind of. Because they, they talk about kind of the prelude to, um, like, the events of Episode 1. But, I mean, there's multiple different ways you can imagine it. Maybe, like, a planet has to pay a certain amount of tax on, like, interstellar trade. Yeah. Um, that goes, like, through its planet through hyperspace lanes, maybe. Do you know the answer, Corey?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's basically that, where, like, when you go between planets, there's a record that you're, like, going from mm-hmm. here to here selling this, so especially for mm-hmm. commercial stuff, uh, and that's why smugglers are able to exist because they're kind of skirting that part. Not that mm-hmm. you'd go up to like... It's not like going like on a border crossing and driving up to the guy. You don't park your Star Destroyer and then hand some credits mm-hmm. out the window. Uh, yeah. It's more of like tracking where you've been and paying off that. It's probably a lot of self-reporting as well, so the same way that you're expected to not lie on your taxes or else you'd get in trouble with the IRS... Uh mm-hmm. or CRA. Like there's yeah. probably the uh Republic uh revenue, the RRS that looks at all that stuff. That would be my assumption. I don't think it was ever considered interesting
1: enough to like go too in depth on, but mm-hmm. right, I think you're right. Uh next question is from Seamus who says, Hey, I can Corey. I have a question uh and a suggestion. My question is whether you guys think the new republic and later GA experience too many wars and conflicts. As to my suggestion, someone asked whether you thought the reboot indecision to continue and reboot indecision to discontinue the Legends continuity was uh, necessary. Sorry, I can't read today. In the episode, Corey said it might be uh, worth doing a whole episode on that topic. Now that you finished uh, Young Jedi Knights and are nearing NJO, I thought it'd be a good idea to decide an episode on the topic in a nearest future episode. So, basically, an episode all about the decanonization, and the question is whether there were too many wars. What do you think?
0: Uh, specific topical episodes can definitely be something that we do. Maybe, like, a, a variety pack of topics for some of the mm-hmm. intermediate episodes, and especially yeah. if we do, like, another uh, mailbag episode, because I think people enjoyed that one, so that might be yeah, something to so. get some time in that, or a bit more time in that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I don't know, like, it, it's always going to be a thing where there gets more and more wars slotted in because it's Star Wars and that's the thing that's interesting to read about and mm-hmm. people similarly don't want to have these large gaps where they don't know what's happening so if they're going to write in that period there's going to be some kind of conflict going mm-hmm. on and then like maybe you'll get some like debate over the legal definition of a war in the Republic so they can claim they weren't actually at war during this time because it was just executive action rather than uh, mm-hmm. something the Senate allowed or actually declared war and in, in that it, it no one would enjoy reading the specifics of
1: that, but... Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree um, on both points. Um, after that, we have Javier, who says, Hello, Corey. And Justin, after reading Ronin and enjoying the base concept of the universe, it got me thinking that this is exactly how the Old Republic should be written in canon, with the Jedi not exactly being a unified faction, Uh, Sorry united faction. whether that would be political ideological or uh, family reasons and with the sith always uniting But then turning on each other at the worst possible moment This could be the best way to have interesting stories characters and storylines for the Old republic Instead of just having black and white sith versus jedi like we had in the legends continuity I think that this would for a better lack of a better term give us the game of thrones vibe for storytelling. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, do you want to answer first? I'm gonna reread it. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I think people will be disappointed, though, if we don't at some point have the big Jedi-Sith wars. Um, But, I mean, I think there's room for both as well, Um, where, like, that could be the end of the... Like, I did a video... I don't know if you feel the same way, Corey, because I know you just did a big timeline video, but for me, like, I just did a video... Or, like, a week of videos on the Sith, and, like, I found the constant emerging and re-emerging to be kind of exhausting or Mm -hmm. emerging being extinct like it it works once it works i think like for the the old republic i think them coming out after like a thousand years or however long it is i think that works um but like after that like countless wars and like it's just it's got to be there's got to be kind of a more interesting way to do it i think some way i'm not sure what that is but
0: yeah, like, we have a timeline for the Sith War and the Hundred Year Darkness in canon from Tarkin again, and it gets mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, like, as that being a kind of consistent thing. I've actually got another video coming out this weekend about that. So I I do agree that it, it. I wish it was a little bit more like, this was the big one, maybe there's some other conflict between them, and then they go into hiding after yeah. the... Like, even if it's a, a longer war, which, like, the Hundred Year Darkness have it be that and be a bit longer that there's a reason for the jedi to consider them like this big enemy from the past or a traditional enemy but having big sith empires that are lasting all this time and then going away and coming back i don't like that quite as much
1: you don't want to do the uh the big um wasn't the like the one before Rusan like a thousand years yeah the new sith
0: wars were a thousand years of constant warfare
1: too goddamn long especially for only being a thousand years before the trilogy yeah. like if you're gonna do something like that like that could be interesting where like the sith and the jedi are kind of like ubiquitous for a while and like there is conflict for a th- like a thousand years might like be on time kind of that idea like mm-hmm. i think that's okay but have that be like very very far in the past um yeah
0: yeah thank you javier uh so our next question comes from Joel who asks, Do you consider the Galactic Empire a Sith Empire, like the Sith Empires of Old, or is it all just an authoritarian empire ruled over by the Sith at first?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. I I when I do videos, I refer to them as a Sith Empire. Mm-hmm. Like I did a video on like all the Sith Star Destroyers or yeah. Sith warships, and I included the Star Destroyer. Um, I think practically it is. Um so yeah, I, I don't think there's any real reason to make the distinction. The only real difference is that it was like probably the first rule of two Sith empires, so it's a little yeah. different because there's only like one or two Sith versus like Sith empires of the past where there was you know, a million.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like how we have the British monarch, but we don't. We're not British. So <laughs> it's more like that. Uh, we're like, it it is technically a de facto Sith empire, but like by being in the empire, you are not considered part of the Sith. There were some people in the Empire who were considered part of the Sith, but there wasn't mm. like Sith branding all over the place, so right like I it's, mean
1: yeah, maybe the dark like the dark Empire was a bit more sithy in that way, yeah. probably um, like although yeah,
0: if you were in Nazi Germany to be part of the government, you basically had to be part of the Nazi party, but you didn't necessarily have to be a Sith to be. Part yeah and that's like
1: compared with when you read darth bane even the sith like the sith fighters like the warriors who don't have force powers like the soldiers they're still called sith like yeah. it's a comparison compared to like the empire or like they're called sith citizens you know what i mean yeah whereas like the empire is just like there is a sith running it so in that way yeah but you know it's a little different
0: So mostly yes, but technically no. I think is the answer there,
1: or technically yes, mostly no.
0: I, one of the two. <laughs> one of yes, it's yeah. it's, it's on, somewhere on the continuum of Sithy enough to be called a Sith Empire if you want, but not as Sithy as the old Sith Empires. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it? I just called the Queen a Sith or a Nazi. I guess I didn't call her a Nazi.
1: I'll say she's both. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm I'll not just go, saying I'll she's just not. Say she's both. Uh, yeah. I was playing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we got a few emails from Marge kind of acting as comments. Um I'll just read a few of these. Thrack and sell solo is the Sam Hyde of the Star Wars universe. He should have been forcefully married to Tatum, and the two of them give it a Nilspar escapade pod honeymoon. Uh. <laughs> Nilspar escapade uh I like lo- I like that escape pod honeymoon. Yeah. Um I do like, I do think that the author's intent there was to leave Nilspar open possibility of returning, but I don't think anyone found him compelling enough as a, a villain. Yeah. It's um, like with
0: uh Thrawn getting eaten by the whale where Thrawn is definitely coming back and Nilspar is just left out there to, to die.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, there's one fan who's just like posting on the message boards like every, every week, like hints to Nilspar returning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's the big villain in the next star Wars movie. That'd mm. be that'd be something that I, I don't expect to get pulled back into new canon. The Yuvitha and Nilspar specifically. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my chips Even down on the, that. The right Haepens
1: are hardly in yet, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll read one more from Marge. Uh, they say the timeline. Of this actually does contract a few other things. Uh, McCambelectu, the Foz was Franz. Sorry, was supposedly in power since twelve Aby Fonz. when they joined the New Republic. Huh? Franz, the Fonz. Did I say what did I say?
0: It's better than anything you said. Don't
1: worry. Okay, cool. Uh, Starfighters of Adamar also has Wedge in the Diktat. Basically, sp- <laughs> space Francisco Franco in the most negative sense, neutral but still a thorn on the side of the good guys is still in charge running the rebels. New. Okay, so just comments about kind of timeline stuff. So thank you for all those uh, all that extra information, Marge. Sorry, I struggled to read so many emails today. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm drunk or something.
0: Yeah, this is the one Thursday night where we won't be
1: drunk in like two years. I know. My liver is just like, thank you for this. (laughs) God bless. I I needed this more than you know. (laughs) All right. Anything
0: Uh, else you want to mention next week? uh, So I guess the initial plan would be if we're going to talk about Disney Plus Day. It would be then unless we end up doing something before then.
1: We won't be reading a book. If we do something, we'll tweet it out, I guess. But not a book.
0: Not a book. Yeah. Not a book.
1: Not a book. I am just
0: not sure if there's gonna be enough to talk about from from D plus day. And if there is, is a week out from now, like way beyond when it's totally
1: irrelevant. I don't know. I just I just don't really have any other any other ideas. (laughs) No idea. My main problem. My main problem.
0: We do need to pick our next kind of side series that we want to do, whether it's going to be comics or another one of the young reader series.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Maybe Jedi Prince or something. I don't know.
0: We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. We could just say we'll do Jedi Prince next week. And that's like just the first book of it. It's a hundred pages. And then if we want to talk about Disney plus stuff, if there's enough to talk about, then there will be, if not, then it'll just be a short episode on, I Prince.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm down for that. All right, so we'll meet Young Ken next
3: week, A.K.